Saturday View with Lean Dumpleton on Midlands 183. In association with Guy Clothing Tullamore. Find Guy Clothing Tullamore on Facebook. Call Lean now on 0818 300 183. Text or WhatsApp your Saturday View to 083 103. Yes, good morning. It's Saturday and it's a bank holiday Saturday and it's a day to get the kids out and get yourself out because the weather out there is absolutely gorgeous. It's getting there. It will be nice. I've got great faith in human nature. Uh, can I just say, by the way, off the offset that, um, you know, I'm thinking of people travelling this weekend and people are going on their holidays and leaving the country and going to the airport. Jesus, the airport. Talk about a bloody fiasco. Talk about an embarrassment. You know, Minister Eamon Ryan should be fired. He's asleep at the wheel. He's turning our country's public transport system into an embarrassment. Not only is he intent on screwing up rural life for us, you know, but be it lack of local buses, causing a turf war. I'm talking about turf next week, by the way. But now he's turning our airport travel into a shambolic, shameful and disrespectful calamity. And it's a disgrace. Thousands of people having flights cancelled, holidays ruined, weekends away gone, travel plans destroyed... And his lack of understanding of how Ireland works is nothing short of diabolical. It really is. And amid all this crisis, Minister Ryan said this week that he was, quote, confident people should be able to get through the airport with minimal difficulties in this days and weeks ahead and this weekend. He said it'll be managed. People will get through. I'm confident this weekend and through this summer period. And if it doesn't, then we'll have to take further measures. What the hell does that mean? Further measures. Managed. Managed by who, Minister? A green leader who's green behind the ears? I'll tell you this much. The CEO of the DEA, Dalton Phillips, should have been fired. The manager of Dublin Airport, Mark Ryan, should have been fired. The chairman of the board, Basil Gagan, should have been fired. Eamon Ryan himself, the minister, should resign. And if he refuses, he too should be fired. All of these people, including the minister and this government, made Ireland look pathetic this week and were seen yet again across the world and the global media as an embarrassment for our public transport system. The airport was all over the news. Minister Ryan and others who are responsible for this chaos and this debacle, to you I say this, in God's name go. And just before I go to the outbreak and before I talk to this amazing man about his story that I told you about earlier on, can I just say, and, and this is personal, and this is me, can I just say a good morning to that amazing, amazing girl who endured that despicable rape and how much of an incredible woman you are for coming through this week in which, Jesus, what do you call it? The, 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 those five animals were jailed for a combined of 66 years. Fair play to that judge. She was brilliant. Those, in, those inhuman scum should never be set free again. And I'm saying this as a dad, as a father, I have daughters. And God help me, if anybody did that to my daughter, I'd be behind bars. And I think there's a part of dads that would understand that. No means no. Her life was changed forever that awful night in 2016. But now she's a hero. Consent. Somebody look up that word in the bloody dictionary and get to understand what consent means. She's a hero. And I just wanted to say, in my view, I think you're amazing. Okay, imagine living your life and you've got to the age of 60 or thereabouts and all that you know suddenly gets turned upside down and you find out 
all of a sudden that you have 10 siblings that you knew nothing about and that you're the youngest of 11 children. How would you feel? How, what would you do? Well, that's exactly what happened to my guest here today in studio, Kevin Heffern, and he's from Tullamore in County Offaly. Kevin, I, I almost don't know where to begin, but good morning and thank you for coming in. And yourself, Liam. Yeah, it's, it's a strange beginning, all right. Now, you contacted me last week. You said, I have a story for you. You might be interested in, in hearing what I have to say. Uh, I am. Well, it is an unusual story, all right. And uh, where I can start is last September. Well, it was last August. My nephew in America, he's living in Houston, Texas. And his wife wanted to make a family tree for him for his 40th birthday. So she contacted me and said she wanted, you know, about my mother and father and this, that and the other and where they were married and this. And I says, well, now, you know, my mother and father were never married, which I knew that anyway. Were they not? No, because there was a 19 years age difference between the two of them. She was 38. He was only 19. Really? So I always, all through the time, always thought that was suspicious because in the 50s and 60s, you wouldn't have got to that age without being married. That's the truth. Actually, so, yeah. And I used to always say to me, Father, when did you get married? Oh, the 1st of January. <laughs> you know, and I said, sure, who was your best man? Who was your bridesmaid? Say, oh, there were just two people in the registry office. We got married in England. And it was always that. And, it was never, and I just never really pushed it. So you just took it as that yeah, was because Yeah, because it made no difference to me one way or another. Yeah. But my sister, uh, you were slightly wrong. That I have a sister with my... My oh. father has nine others. Oh, right. Okay. Right? I have another sister, but we weren't rare together either. You know, like she's 62 and we've probably known each other. If you add up all the days and time together, probably two years of my life. So go back to the start. So so <laughs> you, you, you believed your mother and father to be married. You believed them to be married in England. Well, I didn't believe them. At the time. Know, well, as I got older. As like, got I older. never questioned it as a young child. And, and grown up, I mean, just go back. To, so did you have, when you, when you were growing up, there was you... Did, yeah. did you have siblings? I had that, a sister, but I didn't meet her until I was 13. Right. So that, oh, 11, 11. She was 13. So you didn't meet your sister until you were yeah. 11? Yeah. She turned up where we lived in England for a week, and then I was told that's my sister. Well, I'd met her for a couple of, when I was t- up to two years old. So there was just you, as far as you're yeah, concerned, next the, thing? The, the story, even before September, my life was strange. <laughs> well, well, I almost catch me, right? So, so go back to so when you met, this is now your sister, Kevin. How did you react to that? I, it was just so strange. Like, I, I had nobody. I, I thought I was an only child, or, and it was just strange. And then we only met at that time for probably a week. The week she was over living with us. And they, they she'd been in England. <laughs> No, she's from Black Rock of Dublin. That's where I'm from originally. So you're Dublin originally? That's where I was born. My God. And uh, can I ask you, I mean, is it a fair, like, were you angry? Were you you annoyed? Were you delighted? Were you glad? No. No. Were you shocked? Yeah. Well, if I carry on about the way it is, my nephew in America, his wife, she worked in research for historian. She used to work in Edinburgh, or Aberdeen University okay. as a researcher, right? As okay. an American, and that's where my nephew met her in Aberdeen. Okay, and they went to America to Houston, and he works for the oil companies in security, and she does this research for a college, and she was looking into it, and she phoned me and says about this, and I says, "Well, I can't give you anything. You won't come up with any marriage certificates or anything like that." 
So she looked into it. Two weeks later, she phoned me back and says, you better sit down. I said, what's up? She says, uh, I found out your mother was married before. And I said, well, I had a feeling she was. You know, just off the cuff. And she says, yes, but you're the youngest of, a, of 11 now oh, because God. she had nine children. And you had no idea? It, up in uh, Pomeroy in Tyrone. Up the north? That's good, where she's from. Oh, God. And yes, 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 yes. I know. I mean, that this is this is hard to take in. I mean, I'm only listening to it for yeah. the first time. I don't know why, how you took it, but you said there that she was married before. I had a feeling she was married before. How did that? How did? Well, you I that? thought like with the age difference between them. Yeah, that she I had thought to, she yeah. was married, but maybe I thought she might be only married a while, and mm. there was problems with her husband, or there was something, and she just left and picked up with me father. Or you know, I thought that might have been something. But I didn't think there was. Children and my wife always said to me. Catherine said to me, "says Would you not look into it if you think your mother was married before?" That you might. I said, "Sure, they're probably all dead now. So, what would be the point to look? What links would I have with them, really?" And are they around? They are. There's five of them left out of the nine, but the four that have died all died before they were sixty-five. Good God! You know, the eldest at the moment is eighty, and the youngest is seventy. And I had 13 nephews and nieces that I never knew I had and some of them were nearly as old as I am. And did they did they know about you? No. So they thought their mother had died. She got up on the bike to go to work from Pomeroy to Cookstown to a hat factory on a bike. It's nine miles, ten miles and the bike was found parked beside the factory. She was never seen again. What happened? They went to the papers. They thought she might have been it was caused showing troubles now as well. And this is the big link. She had some dealings with it over the years, in the 50s. She was very staunch Republican. She was very much involved. So we all surmised between us all of things we've heard that she was involved and she was told to leave, asked to leave for the safety of her family. And she left and never heard a word from her since. From 1957. You've never heard that just disappeared. They never heard a word. They went to the Belfast Telegraph as they got older. The boys moved over to England and Birmingham so they knew she had a sister in England. They went to her to see if she was there. No one ever seen her. They never knew anything about her. She changed her name, obviously. She never married my father, but Anne Heffernan. Because my father said when she was eight years old, her, her name. And we moved to Birmingham, went to London. My sister was born in London in 1960. February 1960, so my mother and father must have got together at least in 58 or 59. My mother had told my father that she was an only child. She had five in the family. Her her sister is still alive. I met her. She's 96. My mother was born in 1920, so she would have been a hundred. Holy God, Kevin. So we say it was to do with the troubles. She went over there and kept on the move, but never contacted them. Never met any. And they went to the paper, got a big write-up in the paper about a double spread, about they thought she was kidnapped or dead or shot or she had fell and lost her memory and ended up in a... And they just wanted closure, not so much anything. And in 1974, three days after the Guildford bombings, where we lived six miles from, we were back in Ireland, living in Horsleap. Three days after the bombings. And on the 12th of October, the Guildford Four got life sentences. And we left England on the 8th. And we lived six miles. My father used to work in Guildford in the buses. 
And my mother wrote to the people, them people in jail, in Irish. So that couldn't be traced by the, when they checked the letters coming in. That's incredible. She had a huge dealing with republicanism. Uncles and brothers of her were executed in Kilmainham. What's your own thoughts? Can I ask what, what have well, you come to a conclusion? No, I have, after I got the information that I had this family, myself and Catherine, we set up all night just thinking about just the, the amazing thing that I've gone from being, thinking I was an own, not an only child because I knew I had my sister, but we don't really communicate or have dealings because we were never rare together. So it's just stranger to me, really. So your life was just you? It was just me all the time. I had my, the only one of 11 of us that had my mother all her life. If you look at it that, I was the only one who was with her from when, she, when I was born until she died. In 1993, she, she was, died. She was your history. She was the old, and to me, she was, and when I went up to see them, so I say oh, between a week, between no one, I went up to visit them. First, we went on the phone and video phoned a niece of, her, of mine, and she started crying straight away because I looked like a father who had died. She started crying. Mannerisms, everything was the same. And going up to meet them, I went up and I met the five are still alive. Well, I met four of them. And going up, I said to Catherine in the car, I says, if I go in and I don't feel any bond, any anything, we'll be gone in an hour. No, because I haven't had that family thing, so I wouldn't know what I was expecting. Strangers. Uh, strangers. And when I went in and shook their hands, within 10 minutes, you knew that's family. Isn't that amazing how... Within 10 minutes, I knew that's it. And when I went to their graves, and their graves are within six feet of each other, though they all died at different times, in Pomeroy, little village, probably the size of Kilcormac. And they're buried together. And they're all buried within six foot of each other. And I went there, and I felt upset, and I'd never met them people in my life. But they were your siblings, they were your family. So... There is a family. I've always heard that over the years people say that and I I was married twice. My first wife died and she had 13 in the family. And I always thought, what's all this thing about family things? Because I never felt it. Do you know something? Let's give people a chance to digest this for a few minutes. We're talking to Kevin Heffern from Tullamore and I, and I don't know about you, but I'm blown away. But this is incredible. Um, you're listening to Saturday View. I want to take a quick break and... Um, Back after this, just saying there in India, I break there, Kevin. Like it's so, so people are texting in and they're they're glued to your every single word here. I'm glued to every word you're saying, and you just said they're only for the research, only for yes. that lady helping you. This would never yeah. ever have been. How how do you grasp all that information, Kevin? Yeah, but deal with that. Well, I know people might think that it's, the shock was just thinking that I have other people other than myself. You know. It's, that was the amazing thing. And how would they accept me? And they all accept me. They didn't really, they didn't hold any grudges against me mother. And when I went there, they're calling her Mary Agnes. Because her name wasn't Anne Heffernan. What was her name? Her name was Mary Agnes. Mary. Kennedy was Mary her marriage Agnes name. Mary Agnes Kennedy. So they were all saying Mary Agnes. I don't think they're... Thinking, who's that? Who's yeah. that? Though I had found her birth certificate in my father's when he died in 2010 when he died we clearing out how he found a birth certificate because he obviously needed that to get a pension did you get a chance to talk to him in later years never never 20 years did he talk about it she died in 93 he died in 2010 he never mentioned one word 
about it. I knew she was from the north. He always said she was an only child. Maybe that was to put me off and never look for her. But I was in my 30s when she died. So she'd met him and he believed her to be an only child, but yes. she'd, she was one of five. She was told, he, she told him that she was thrown out of a farmhouse by her uncle and aunt when her parents died at the same time. And she was true out at 16, she got on the boat, went to England, went to Birmingham, worked as a nurse. My father was in England working in the hospital in England, off City Road. All his brothers were there. He was a young man, 19. He was 19. She was 38. So they came to and he never spoke about Never it. gave me an inkling. Never mentioned, even in the company of the two of them. There was never any slagging off about... Was there photographs around the house? Was there anything like that? Like photographs no. stuff that we'd all take for granted? No. Now, they took photographs themselves. My father loved taking photographs of things. And as I said, that's why I questioned the wedding, because there was never a picture of a wedding. There's pictures of everywhere we went. We used to travel a lot when we were in England. You used to go to France, go to Belgium. You'd go over on a day trip on the hovercraft. And we'd drive around. We, owned, we bought a camper van. We drove around, came over to Ireland. So in 1960, then my sister was born in London, in Chelsea. Okay. Right. Right. So my mother went in at that time. Men didn't go into the hospital. No, I right? see you tomorrow. Kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So she must have had to give medical records because they knew she had had children. Yeah, she'd have to have something. Yeah, she had nine children before she had my sister. So the, she couldn't go in as Anne Heffernan. She so she had went in to have her tenth child. Her tenth child. So they obviously knew. So she must have gone under her own name or whatever. Because on the, my sister's birth certificate, her na- original name is on it. Her original name is on my sister's birth certificate. And what, is, what does she think of the whole thing? Well, I haven't spoke to her about it. We have, we're kind of estranged and, right. and okay. through other things that, that happens. in life. That, that happens and, in life, yeah. And uh, so I don't really know what she thinks of it. So y- you have your dad who lived to a big age, 2010 you said, had all this in his head, never spoke about it. Never. Started off life not knowing the full story, then hearing the full story. And then everything that happened besides. You're his son. Yeah. I'm sure you wanted to find out what, what, what the, where do I come from, what's, what's their history. Wouldn't tell you. That, that's, that's a tremendous gap to have, isn't it? It's a, huge, it's a huge gap in your life. The only thing I regret is I am now 60 and I've lost all them years with my brothers and sisters. You know, I've lost all that. She died in 1993. I could have been told the day after she died. And did she talk? She never. No, she couldn't speak for her last four years of her life because she got a stroke in 1977. Right. So that was 20 years after she had left. So both your mother and father, you never heard the story at all? Never. Not an inkling. Not an inkling of what went on. Amazing how her background, take herself just separately that, all that mystery. Yeah. All that... I don't know what you'd call it, but... Secret. Secrets. Yeah. Took it to her grave. Never mentioned it. Never contacted her family. Never contacted her sister. And I met her sister. She's 96 years old. She's still around. In a nursing home. Can she tell you anything? She, her, she had a stroke as well and she had gone into the home. Now, some parts of her memory were damaged. But her daughter brought in pictures of her marriage, her marriage. Her own marriage, yeah. Her own marriage. And my mother is in it as Mary Agnes, of course. And they showed pictures of her and her family and her children and her husband, Joe. 
they showed pictures and she said, oh, that's so-and-so. And she could even name the taxi driver who drove them to Bangor that Isn't day that for the day out. And, and her life, I, okay, I don't want to use the word regular or normal, but was everything straightforward yeah. for her? Yeah. And she, now we didn't, she introduced me, her daughter introduced me to her, but she never went into, I was Mary Agnes's child with Colm Heflin. I was just one of Mary Agnes's children. You know, she didn't want to confuse her. My God. You know, but she cried when she mentioned me mother saying, I'd been waiting every Christmas for her to come home. Oh, God. And she never contacted any of them. And when we came back to Ireland, now we're talking about my sister was born in 60 in London. Then we came back to Ireland. And my mother had me in Loch Ness Town Hospital. You know where that is, out past Black Rock on the way to Bray. I do, I do. Right? I, I do. was born there in 62. Right. Right? Okay. And then we, this is where it gets interested again. We went back and we were living in St Anne's Square in Blackrock. If you've ever been out in Blackrock, I know Victoria Black Rock. opened them. It's across from the church. Yeah. There's about 48 apartments, old Victorian houses. And there used to be six bungalows. The road now has gone through there. They've been knocked out. We lived in number six. And then my father used to work in the post office in Blackrock, right? In the sorting office. Yeah. And all her, his cousins would have worked there from Blackrock because they were all related that's where he's from originally and that time the Americans used to send back registered letters with a few bob in it and of course the boys helped themselves to a few of the envelopes now I wouldn't say my father was the leader he was more of a follower than the leader (laughs) but I'd say someone cleverer than him knew it and they raided his house and found he says a dollar it could be more than a dollar so he says I'm going to no jail so he used to get hemorrhages and he went down to the end of Dunleary Pier and bled into his clothes and left them there. Put on other clothes, jumped on the boat and went to England. Jesus. Right? And the only person who knew he had done that was my mother who had me and my sister there. The woman who reared my father, my father's mother died when he was three days old. God. They found him in the bottom of the bed. She went in with yellow jaundice. He was in the bottom of the bed. And she died. And she had died. So her sister had to rear my father from three days old. He was only a pound and a half weight. Oh, God. And then my father, the only woman knew my father had gone to England and hadn't killed himself was my mother. And she mourned, wore black, the whole lot. And she said to the woman who reared my father, said, I have to go to England to get work or do I can't stay here. There's nothing here for me. He's gone. He wasn't gone at all. Right. More secrets. So my sister had started school at this stage and she said, Nellie, who would have been the woman to raise my father, said, sure, I look after she's in school now and sure, you won't Nelly be able to... Nellie would be her grand aunt. Yeah, yeah, she wouldn't be able to mind. You won't be able to mind the two of them. Just bring the baby. That was me. And I look after her. So my sister stayed there, brought me, went to London. My father was there. They met up again and they just moved around. And we used to come back to Black Rock after Nelly died now, he used to come back to Black Rock. Her, her daughters would have been there that my father was read with. He thought that was his family because they called him Colm Kelly, you see. Kelly? Because her name was Kelly. Almighty. You know, and he went to school. Jesus. He was Colm Kelly. Yeah. His own brothers and all that were all put into homes. His family? His family were put into homes because they were old enough. He was too young to be put into a home. Yeah. And his other brother, Morris, who only died last year, 
he was... He must have been a huge age. Well, he was 80-odd. Uh, my father was born in 1939. My mother's oldest son was born in 1939. God, how the hell do you get your <laughs> head around that? getting very complicated. Her eldest son was born, born the same, same year as your father. father. Kevin, where do you go with that? <laughs> how are you still... But it's not, it's not punishing me. It's just so strange. It's such a strange... If you wrote it, you could not believe it. If a movie made of it, you wouldn't believe what went on. Is this now all documented? Have you all no. these? I'd love someone to be Jesus, able to write it down. You need to get down. all this down. You need to get all this like, recorded. Well, when we went to England, now we went over there. So I was two years old, went over, and we were coming back and forth to, to Dublin after Nelly died. But it was always at night time. And it wasn't until I was in my 30s, I Why said was to my father, I said, how come we always went to Black, back to Black Rock at night time? He says, because I thought they were still looking for me. He said, sure, you're not Al Capone. I thought they were still looking for... <laughs> no, that's what he thought. <laughs> I said, you're not one of the great trade robbers. <laughs> I think that was how... So it just shows he wasn't the leader in any way. He was only a follower. But he was nervous. He was always nervous. Looking over his shoulder. Looking over his shoulder. After all them years, this could have been 30 years later. I'm just trying to think of that. I'm trying to get inside that, as I'm sure you have. I'm trying to get inside the, the, the mind of this... 19-year-old young man with his whole life in front of him, young, fit, you know, ambition. Where am I going to end up? You know, what's life going to be like? And he meets a 38-year-old woman. Yeah. And next thing, it all becomes, life becomes a complete mystery. But he did he know it was a complete mystery, though? Did he know? Did he, he know? Did, did he know? He never told me, so did he know? Did he know she had nine children? Do you lie there at night time, Kevin, or during the day and say to yourself, Jesus Christ, yeah, what happened? That's why I had to tell you this story, because it's just, it goes round in my head all the time. I've think, never heard anything like it. And there's other things, like the going down to Guildford, and the bombings and all that, and writing to them prisoners. and like what, 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 By writing to those prisoners. and, the, and But the, of course, remember, they're innocent men now. Of course, I so, mean, of course, and let's, let's be clear about yeah. that. But by writing to them. As the, at the time they were convicted, they yeah. were in prison for for a bombing, found innocent. Um, what did they hope to gain? What was the what was the answer they were looking for? Well, I don't know, but she just wrote to them as like, like what did she want to what, like, what no, was she, but she to for? She was obviously involved in something up in Tyrone, yeah. and she knew people in positions that they were in, and they were probably saying that they get help and they'll get them out and they'll look after them. From the outside, you know, they send them in money or whatever, you know, whatever goes on in these things and they'll never be forgot or, you know. So the, the cause you're saying. Yeah, so but. I'd say she had, she was, because there was a huge riot in Pomeroy in 1956 that the, fa- the family were telling me about up there and I think there was 10,000 involved in it. It was a huge riot. And the RUC, I don't know if the RUC at the time, or the police, and there was no army there, of course. That didn't come into the, into the 60s. And the tricolour fell on the ground. And who ran out from the crowd? Only my mother and grabbed it and waved it. And she was involved in all that. So she I'd was say obviously very political. She was very political. All her family were. But I don't think her husband was in any way. And I think she was either told by her own crowd or she was told by the the other side to get out or your house would be bombed your children or your husband or any of this 
So she just left. She must have been told to keep her mouth because shut. Because it wasn't over children. It wasn't because she didn't love yeah. her children or she would have left after two or three. Why leave after nine she and then have another two? Your father must have said to himself at some point, he must have asked himself the questions you were asking yourself, what the hell's going on? But sure, what he a... wouldn't have known. He but would, sure, he if would... he didn't know, if she didn't tell him, he didn't know. Because he never told me. Uh, I'm going to take an outbreak, Kevin. This is just, it's, I'm trying to, I'm sure we're all trying to process all of this. I don't know how you've processed all this. And uh, we're talking to Kevin Everton from Tullamore. What an incredible story. Kevin, there's people texting in in their droves saying there should be a film made of your life and a movie and a documentary. I think that's, I think you've an incredible story to tell. On our WhatsApp this morning, a few minutes ago, uh, Liam just heard Liam talking to Kevin who was the youngest of 11 and finds his life turned upside down. Two years ago, I found out I was actually the eldest of nine from growing up with being the youngest of two. Myself and my older adoptive brother. Best wishes to that man. Bernardo's have a very good counting service if you'd like the details. I have that caller on the line, Kevin. Caller, good morning. Hi, how are you? Thank you for uh, for calling. Uh, you're as amazed as I am and your story, you, you found out that you're the eldest of nine. Yeah. Um, I was adopted from a baby, but I've always known growing up that I was adopted. But I was told I was adopted from Castle Pollard. Right. When I, I got a girl to do a genealogy test, uh, research, and she found out I was actually born in Ballinasloe, and she found my original birth cert. And through my original birth cert, she found my birth mother. And had so you then, known about your birth mother? No. No, growing up I was just told that she would have been from further in the country away from me. That the women were sent to a home far away, that there'd be no chance of intermarriage or anything like that. That they were sent to a different county. So, from the birth certain that, I'd done my own trace and I found her cousin and she gave me her phone number. So I contacted her out of the blue and the, one of the first things I asked her was did she know who my father was? Now, there was no judgment or anything like that. I was sort of afraid of the answer. But she told me his name and his county and she had five children after me. Another but five? He, yeah. She had five after me but she was only 19 when she had me. So that was fine. Um, they, it turned out after that they didn't know anything about me. None of her family knew about me. So they weren't aware of your existence at no. all? No. No, at this stage I was 47. So I eventually got in contact with my biological father, who thought that my mother had reared me with her new husband because she got married the following year. So he thought that I was being brought up as a member of the family. He didn't know? He, no, he didn't know I was adopted. So from him I found out I had three more sisters. Good God. Yeah. How so, did you take this news? How did you How did you feel? Uh, um, it went from being happy sort of to have extra family from growing up. Like I had very limited aunts and uncles and things like that, but the thing with adoption in Ireland was the thing of illegitimacy. Of course. Of not belonging, no blood relatives. I think the fact that 
the only person you know you're related to is when you look in the mirror. Yourself. Yeah. And I the mean, first, yeah. Sorry. Go on. The first person that I've met from my biological family would have been my father. And it was just surreal to just look at him, look in his eyes and it's like looking in the mirror. God, what, what's your own name? Liz. Liz. That, that's... Um, Kevin's listening to you this morning as well. Is uh, hi, Kevin. Hello. What What would you say? What do you say to each other? I'd say, Kevin, the one bit of advice is have a good support network with you. Have a wife or somebody to support you. And Bernardo's do offer an excellent counselling service. Now you don't have to be adopted, but for people that's reunited. But the counselling service is very, very good. Well, it allows you to open up about feelings that you wouldn't open up to your husband, wife. It's things that you don't want to open up to yourself. Yeah, well, the difference with uh, myself and you, Liz, is that I wasn't looking for anything. And, I wasn't either. And they weren't looking for anything either. They just wanted to wonder, wonder where their mother was. Yeah, and I when know, my uh, when my nephew's wife... She put up on Facebook, she put Kennedy and McNamee, which was my mother's maiden name was McNamee and Kennedy was a marriage name. And within half an hour, she got 100 hits from the Kennedy family and the McNamee family in Tyrone about this. And then they just thought, she told me and I phoned them and everything was happy. There's no stress, no pressure. I'm feeling, I'm not feeling not wanted because I had my mother all my life. Yeah. Oh, until she I died, and they just wanted to know where she was. So yeah, I know, I understand. You see, it's a completely it's a completely different. We're just happy that we have people. We're not going through that I was abandoned, or though they were, but they had her for a certain amount of years. But what I'm trying to say to you, Kevin, is there is a certain amount of things that you will find that's hard to deal with in your head. There will be a couple of things, probably the not knowing. Oh, yeah, the not knowing is strange. You're sitting there surmising a lot of the time. Yeah. More than, but I've gone, in my own personal life, I've gone through huge tragedies. I lost my wife and my son within two years of each other. So if anyone's gone through any stress, the likes of this is not going to bother me. Yeah. You know, I've been through the mill already, so this is not... This is enjoyment to me, not any negativity. Oh no, that's like any kind of information you have to deal with positivity, not with negativity. Oh yeah, with it. Because every member of family you find, it's an extra member, it's an extra branch. That's right, it's another person, isn't it? Yeah, well I've met all them, nearly all of them in one go, so. So Kevin, is it fair to say then uh, you're in a good place? Yeah, I am over the moon. I've seen, since September, I've seen them about four times. We've gone up to the north. They've come down to to see the grave. They wanted to know where she was buried, that she got a Christian burial. and You have closure. And that's all they wanted was closure. One of the yeah. brothers, all right, he was a bit bitter. And his other brother said, it's no good taking out on Kevin. It's not his fault. He's only... Yeah, you're just you part know. of it. Yeah, but now he's no problem. We pull up outside the house and... The brother still lives in the family home that they all lived in, even oh, though God. he went to England and came back and bought that house. So when I walked into the house, that was the house my fa- my mother had reared them nine children. Good Lord. 
And his brother lives, there's only six houses together, and his brother lives two houses away from him. And Liz, before, before I let you away, Liz, to enjoy the rest yeah. of your Saturday, you're okay? You're all right? Have, have, have I, you I've settled? Everything, I've everything sorted in my head. I've closure as well. Like, I know where I came from. Yeah. Even though um, I don't speak to a lot of family. But that's true life. And the way I look at it is biologically. That's life. You're going to fall out. There's going to be things you don't like people. You might yeah. be related to them. You can choose your friends, but you can't, can't choose, choose your family. family. Can't choose well your family. That, that every family has, that's the truth. Yeah. I have an amazing relationship with my father, my biological father. Well, good on you. And that's... to me, that's every extra person in your life is a, well is a joy. Well, Liz, so. you're, very, you're very good for, for texting in and calling in. Thank you for, for your... Thank you very much. And, and uh, best of luck to Kevin. Yes, thanks, Liz. Yeah. No worries. Thank, hey, you thank you. Bye bye thank to you. Thank you. Isn't that incredible? Bye bye to you. Isn't that incredible? We're actually, would you believe, we've been nearly an hour chatting, Kevin. Unreal. It's hard to believe. We've literally about a minute and a half. Yeah. Kevin, you're you're in a good place. I think I'm, people are asking, are you okay? I no problem. There's a, there's no stress over this at all, or I wouldn't have even told the story. You know, it's all joy now at this stage. I know I have, and I talk to them on on uh, Facebook and I can video my sister and chatter and we'd have great laughs. Even though we were never rare together, it's like we were. Can I ask you then on this note, for people listening, can't say that I've gone through the same thing because you're on a different level. It's a different level. It's a different level. But anybody who is in a situation where they found family members that they didn't know about, which can happen, obviously it happens. Of course it can. What do you say to them? Well, as you say, if you've adopted in different things, but I think when you go in and have that first encounter with them, that handshake, or if any of them have passed away and you go to a graveyard, if you feel some kind of bond, stick with it. If you don't, I don't think it's worth the challenge. Then yeah. you're, t- you're, torturing, you're torturing yourself then. Liam and Kevin, I was born in Latvia, my, all my, but all my family's Russian. I've lived in Ireland since I was a toddler and recently found out I had two sisters in Iraq and a huge Muslim family I never even knew about. My grandfather was German and turned out recently I also have an auntie and nephews there, which I also didn't know about. Kevin, you said something there as well, everyone, that when you walked into the room, you said, this doesn't work, this bond isn't there, we're leaving after, ten, after yeah. an hour. But you said after 10 minutes, family. And that's, that's, that's a very emo- that really struck as me. As soon as I shake their hands, I said, I know this feeling, sir. Well, Kevin, thank you for telling your story. Well, thank you, Liam. I'm very grateful for you too, for sharing, which is a very personal story to you. And oh, I don't Unbelievable. It's different. Please make some form of documentary or something. To get it on paper. Or It'd be great if someone could do it for me. But if anybody can, if anybody out there could, could document this man's life or put it together or do something, please, please let him know, let us know, we'll put you together because it's that, the amount of information that's in there is just incredible. Kevin, thank you for being here. Thank you, Liam. Very, very uh, amazing story. And thank you, Nelly, thank you for looking after the phone calls and all the texts that we got there. So many people out there uh, asking, uh, you know, how is Kevin? Kevin, how are you? Are you okay with everything? But he's in a good place. He just said it there. He's in a good place. He's happy. He he sorted it. That's the way you put it. His closure. I'm closing this show. I won't see any more. Nelly, thank you. And thank you for listening. Enjoy your bank holiday weekend. Turf debate next week. We're talking about the turf war. Join in. Join in.